and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one mystical, magical page of Talmud every day. You know what? There's not even any use of me trying to read a section like we sometimes do on the show from today's daf, Psachim 103, because as soon as you start reading, you see, well, weird combinations of letters. Yahanak, Kenya, Kinan, Kia, Nihak. Combinations of letters that even if you read Hebrew, appear to you to be strange and inexplicable acronyms. And so it is my great pleasure to welcome one of my favorite scholars, Dr. Chaya Sima Kenigsberg, a resident scholar at the Great Strauss Center at Yeshiva University, to help us make sense of all this mystical mystery on today's stuff. Dr. Kenigsberg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. While it sounds very mystical, there's actually a very practical application for the mnemonic that's discussed on the, the top of DAF 103, and the discussion begins prior on 102. And the Gemara is talking about the very practical situation of when a Jewish holiday falls out on a Saturday night. And in addition to making Kiddush for the holiday, sanctifying the holiday, you also have to have Havdalah. You also have to separate between the sanctity of the Shabbat and the sanctity of the holiday. Right. And the Gemara talks about all these different combinations for the procedure of, you know, what should be said and in what order. And they supply an acronym for each of those options. And the option that we follow, as mentioned on the top of the DAF, is the view of Rava, the acronym of which is Yaknahaz, that we make the blessing on the first, the Yud, the Yayin, the Kuf, we make Kiddush, sanctifying the day. Nun, we have the Brach over the Nair, the candle. Hey, Havdalah separating again between those two sanctities, and Zion, the Zman, the Brach of Shechianu. So all together, bringing these letters together, it comes together as Yaknahaz. And this is like the ultimate Jewish trivia question, you know, to test your Jewish knowledge. Like, what is Yaknahaz? Stump all your friends, you know, your next dinner party, like over Zoom, where you have to bring your own wine. This is final jeopardy is what you're saying. This <laughs> right. is This is it. That's it. This is the height of it. So again, sounds very mystical, but very practical. Um, and of course, there is something very powerful about, of course, the Hebrew language, the Hebrew letters as building blocks of creation. And maybe this is an example, you know, in mystical thought, really every word is like this in Hebrew, where you can separate the letters and recombine them. And, and each piece as a building block brings something to the word. And there's a lot of layers of mystery within. We usually just think of words in a very practical way just to signify something. And we're not necessarily, if we're not mystics, delving into the depths of the Hebrew letters within. But because this is an acronym, we understand that each letter stands for something else. And the truth is, in addition to being very cool, a cool word, as I said, Yaknahaz is very practical. It doesn't come up every year. But there are times when, let's say, Seder night is on Saturday night, like it'll be this year. And it's necessary to know the order of the blessings. So actually this year, Tefshin Pe Aleph, the Hebrew year, I think has the most Yaknahaz occurrences that are possible. In this calendar year, they're going to be five. We've had some. They're going to be five occasions when we have to do Yaknahaz, this order, five in Chutzlaretz and two in Israel as well. This is the year of Yaknahazing dangerously. I absolutely love <laughs> it. When you look at the word as a word, and I understand it's a mnemonic device and it's a, it's a memory aid, but does it evoke its own imagery? Does it evoke its own spiritual sense? What's very interesting is the term actually took on a life of its own in medieval Jewish art and beyond. What's fascinating, actually, again, we said this is a, an acronym, a mnemonic aid, put together, you know, Hebrew letters, the first letter of each 
signifying a different step in the Kiddush Havdalah process, coming together as Yachna has. But we actually find in um, a few medieval German Haggadot in countries where Jews spoke like a Judeo-German, they have imagery on the page of Kiddush where you would have the Yaknahaz steps. They have a hunting scene, a hunter with dogs chasing a rabbit. And the reason given for this is that in German, which is not my mother tongue clearly, but in German, apparently a hare hunt is pronounced something like Yagdemhes, which sounds like Yaknahaz. So they said, oh, this is like this, look at this clever mnemonic that they put on the page of Yaknahaz. But actually an art historian, Mark Michael Epstein, he was very intrigued by these images because he noticed that it extended beyond countries where they spoke German, beyond manuscripts and into Prince Hagadot, this very prevalent image of the rabbit hunt. So he looked into it more because in a way it's very bizarre that you have a Haggadah, you have a religious text and to have a hunting scene, these are very non-Jewish scenes. This was like a non-Jewish sport, killing for sport. It was not condoned by the rabbis in any way. You know, so how did this get into the Haggadah, such a secular image? He felt there had to be more than just the mnemonic. So he actually dug deeper and found a lot of symbolism behind the image of the rabbit, which was actually had a negative connotation in medieval art. The rabbit symbolized sexual impropriety. Non-Jews would have thought of Jews as rabbits. And here, the Jews took the image of the rabbit. And in addition to these hunting scenes, Professor Epstein also found scenes of rabbits being hunted in connection with Asav, right? Esau from the Bible, right. the brother of Jacob, who's always hunting him, right? Who wants to kill him. And in rabbinic writings, you have this paradigm of Esav and Yaakov, Esav wanting to kill Yaakov. Esav is then his descendants, Edom, are then understood as Rome. And when Rome becomes Christian, takes on Christianity, Esav is equated with Christianity. So for the medieval Jews who felt hunted by Christians, especially around the holiday of Pesach, there are many blood libel accusations in the Middle Ages and beyond. This imagery really resonated and they, they took on this negative image of the rabbit and they turned it on its head, so to speak. And they said, OK, we're being hunted, but what is the rabbit? The rabbit's also quick. It could sense danger. It could run away. It can escape. Think, you know, Beatrice Potter. And more than that, there's imagery that really has hope for the future where not only is the rabbit escaping, and you can look in the different Haggadot, now that I've pointed this out to you, it's fascinating. As Professor Epstein points out, you look in different Haggadot and you see where is the rabbit? Is the rabbit hiding? You know, has it escaped the hunters? Is it about to be caught in a net? Is it beyond the net? And it really speaks to how the artists viewed the Jewish situation at the time, right? Where were they in relation to their hunters? And, and the final piece, which is so beautiful, is that the Haggadah, not only at the Seder, we not only we speak about every generation, how this is a recurring theme, and not only were we liberated in the past, but we hope for the future redemption. So you actually have images where the role of the, the hunting dogs and the rabbit are switched, and the, the rabbit is upright, wearing a crown or a cape, oh. and the dog is serving the rabbit, like the chalice, or there's one with the rabbit with holding out a club, you know, holding down, taming the dog. And this was really the hope that Jews had for the future. And it all comes through these odd images, as odd as Yachnahaz is. These images are also odd. And it's amazing when these odd things can really teach us something very, very deep. Yachnahaz, the rabbits of the future. I was kind of hoping that you would say it had something to do with that famous joke about there being a typo. It wasn't supposed to be a rabbit, but a rabbi. <laughs> Dr. Kanigsberg, thank you so much for illuminating the practical, mystical, and absolutely delightful meaning of this word, Yaknahaz, and these mnemonics. Thank you so much for being our guest. 
Always a pleasure. Be well. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.